We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, the DFS version. We are discussing week 20, I guess we call it, uh, the NFC and AFC Championship Games. I am Scott Jenstead, joined by Andrew Laird, as usual. Uh, Andrew, I know you're a little under the weather, but how are you otherwise? Oh, I'm very under the weather. I'm like miles under the weather. Um, I'm good. How does it feel to have like a team one game away from the Super Bowl? It's been a long time since I've felt this. A crazy combination of excited and beyond nerve wracking. Yeah. I remember when the Jets had the back-to-back championship game years and like the first one, they, they had no right to be in that game. And the second one, it was like, they might actually win this game. They didn't. But it was like, at least, you know, there was some, that was the last time there was ever optimism about uh, the New York Jets. But um, I don't know, like the 49ers are like the presumptive favorite at this point. Yeah. And it's, it's fun, really fun this year because it was unexpected. Like, I think that there's a difference between like, you know, if you're a Patriots fan or when the Warriors are really good, you know, those, those like third and fourth and fifth years, like it was really fun, but like, there's a little bit extra added when it's unexpected. You're not expected to be the, the best team and not expected to be the championship game. And, and you are here that, that first year of like building and being really good is, is easily the most fun year as a fan. And it's not like it was a unexpected all season. Like one of the, like the giants runs that everyone, all of a sudden they're uh, getting hot in the playoffs. Like they've been good. I mean, they were the top seed in the NFC. So obviously they were great all season. And no, no one liked their defense more than you preseason. That's right. That's right. That. Yeah. I got one thing right on this podcast this year. Happened to come <laughs> early, but uh, and it was defense, which you know, hey, I don't know. it's win, it wins championships. That's right. That's right. So there you go. 
So let's uh, let's break down the overall slate. We'll start with the uh, the AFC game, which uh, which starts first. We have Tennessee unexpectedly uh, at this point after beating the the Patriots and the Ravens. A pretty impressive back to back road win combo there. They head to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs. Chiefs are fared by seven and a half. This is easily the higher over under of the two games on the slate. Uh, over under this game right now is fifty two. Uh, these teams did play Week 10, a really good game in Kansas City, and Tennessee actually came back and won. They won 35-32 in that game. I think it's fair to say that uh, both sides of the Chief off- Chiefs, uh, both offense and defense, are playing better than they were at that time, but obviously so is Tennessee, 9-3 uh, and three under Ryan Tannehill. Um, I guess first, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about this game, uh, you know, how it goes, and how we build into a game script for fantasy DFS purposes? Uh, well, we, the first thing that kind of jumps out is that uh, the most expensive quarterback, uh, the most expen- most expensive running back are in this game. And yep. the second most expensive uh, wide receiver, I believe, at least on and draft. The most, and the most expensive tight end. And the most expensive tight end, right. So it's one of those like, oh, just game stack this one. And it's like, it's not that easy. Like, you're going to have to pick pick your uh, poison here because, we're, you know, we're used to much bigger slates. Obviously, uh, even four games feels humongous next to this. Uh, so you're going to have to... Look at some guys. This, you're going to really have to convince yourself on a few guys this week. Um, but it just seems more prudent to try to take long shot guys from the game that has the higher total than, you know, if you're going to take a, a third or fourth wide receiver, why not at least get the one from a team that can score 30 points as opposed to the this Green Bay-San Francisco game, which um, I just kind of expect it to be ugly, but maybe that's just because I assume – you know, how I feel about the Packers and how I feel about the San Francisco defense. So uh, I just, you know, like you said, this game has the higher total. So this is where you, you should be getting your stars and your scrubs pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's a full touchdown difference in the total. Yeah. So not like it's 52 and 49, it's 52 and 45 right now. It's a Ooh. pretty, pretty significant difference. Tennessee's wild right now. I mean, Derrick Henry's obviously running crazy. They have 77 run plays in the playoffs and 33 pass plays. They have not topped 100 yards passing in either playoff game, which is just beyond absurd. I think I saw a stat. The last time it happened was Cincinnati in 1988 in the playoffs. Uh, But, you know, since Ryan Tannehill took over, you actually sent me this stat. It was from Twitter. I forget who posted it. You may know. But uh, since Tannehill took over, uh, red zone opportunities by the Titans since week seven, they've had 32 chances in the red zone. They have 31 touchdowns and one field goal, which is absolutely impossible. It's insane. Like, it's when I saw that, I was just like, how is this possibly sustainable? Um, and their ratio like jumps off the page so far from the rest of the whole entire league. Like right. it's not just, it sounds crazy. It, I mean, look at the stat and how different it is than all other 30 to 31 teams. It's a bonker stat. Yeah. It's, it's just, it looks like it's a, a typo. Like you think it's either going to be 33, even at 33 and 11 would have been crazy. Yeah. And they'd yet, be lead the league easily still. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, Kansas City defense improved, but I mean, it's not great. Like, I mean, you obviously can't expect that ratio to keep going, but, um, man, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about the Chiefs. I mean, that game last week was just just crazy, like 24 nothing in the second quarter. And everybody's like, you know, they still can catch up by the end of the game. They got a lot of firepower. Uh, they were leading and caught up by halftime. By halftime. I, I'd, never seen, I'd never seen anything like that because it had never happened before. That was the biggest comeback, like, in a, in a second, in a first half in the history of the league. They've never, a team had never been trained by 24 and took the lead by halftime. It was just utterly just a bonkers weird game you know i thought i mean bill o'brien coached they had such a lot of good stuff going on in the first quarter and then just kind of like it just didn't do anything good after that 
Um, the fake punt can be disputed, but you know, if you're going to be aggressive, I'm fine with that. But you got to go for it on fourth and one from the ten yard line. Also, if you're going to be aggressive, you can't you can't choose when to be aggressive and and do it kind of one or the other. You, you if you're going to be aggressive, you got to just do it. Yeah, it felt like makeup aggression, which like it really did obviously is not what you want uh, yeah, in those did. situations. Yeah, I mean, if there was a team though that you were like, if I told you somebody was down, not even like in the playoffs, but like if I was like, oh, somebody went down twenty four nothing and they were up twenty eight to twenty four at the half. Who do you think yeah. it was? Like, obviously, yeah. the Chiefs are probably the first choice. For for sure there. So, uh, interesting game. I mean, I think it, uh, you know, Kansas City's fair by seven and a half. So, I think that that, that role that they went on against uh, against the Texans, you know, 41 straight points and 51-7, you know, blitzing them off the field, uh, is got everybody fired up by the Chiefs. But, I mean, the Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee's gone into Baltimore, into New England, and won games. Um, I think the interesting part when we talk about, we'll talk about the running backs and, and receivers is whether you think that, you know, Tennessee can stay in the game because, I think we were worried last week that they were going to get down to Baltimore and Derrick Henry wasn't, wasn't going to be able to run enough and they're going to game script it out. But we thought that maybe against New England too. But uh, they've they've taken early leads. They're at 14 nothing quick against Baltimore. Um, I think the first like quarter of this game determines so much of what happens the rest of the way for fantasy purposes. It's kind of it's tough to handicap. Um, you just got you pretty much have to take a stance where you think Kansas City jumps out earlier. Tennessee hangs in there. Well, the toughest part with Kansas City, other than Henry, though, you're just like, who are these guys scoring touchdowns? I mean, the John o. Smith touchdown. Which, like, watching live, it's like, there's no way that's a touchdown. And then the replay, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's a touchdown. Um, but the I just feel like every time they score, you're just like, who is this guy? And and you, it's a whole team, other than Henry, of who is this guy. And that makes it particularly tough for fantasy. It's not like, like you, we just don't have anyone to go to. So you're like, oh, well, if I think Tennessee can stay in this game, which guys do I want? And it's like a bunch of, it's a bunch of guys. And, like, what do you do with that? Derek, uh, Derek Henry's last three weeks, uh, 211 yards, 182 yards, 195 yards. That's not total yards. That's rushing. That is a crazy stretch of, of rushing yards. It's, it's I, I mean, it's uh, the stats you look at, he's like seventh highest in one postseason for rush yards ever. And he's, you know, still has one or potentially two games left. It's a, it's a historic run that he's on right now. It's, it's beyond impressive. Do you play him this week? Uh, I'm not playing him this week, which is, uh, I was kind of setting that up to, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to play him. I think that, uh, I think Casey jumps out early. I think he gets game scripted out, you know, as much as he can. They're still obviously going to run the ball and go to him. But I think I think second half they're going to have to throw the ball. And I actually think that uh, I think the Tannehill AJ Brown stuff is a little more interesting for me this week, based on how I think the game goes personally. Yeah, I mean, 32, 34, and thirty carries over the last three weeks. Crazy. And it's like if, and just like you said, if you think Kansas City gets up early, then it's really tough for him to reach that level. Um, they've they've thrown the ball thirty three total times. That's crazy. I mean, that, in today's NFL, that just that just doesn't happen. That's not a real stat. I mean, we had the Niners game last, last week against Minnesota where they ran the ball like 100 times in their own the second half. But, I mean, it was just kind of they were – it was what was working. But to see it in back-to-back games is just – it's pretty wild. I think like if you just look at the quarterbacks that are on the uh, on the slate, if I told you like which one has thrown only 29 passes, like it's Tannehill, right? Uh, yeah, no no doubt there. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, it'll be a fun game. I think that uh, – I think Kansas City uh, rolls pretty good. I think they cover this game, and I just, uh, but you know, I uh, I've downplayed Tennessee probably the first two weeks of the, the, the pro season. They made me look bad, but uh, everyone I, has though. Yeah, I think everybody's had to. But I, I mean, yeah, some people like them against New England. Nobody liked them against Baltimore last week. Um, I just, uh, I think Kansas City's playing really well right now. They're my pick to go to the Super Bowl when this when the playoffs started. And I, I'm sticking with that. Okay, fair enough. 
So uh, Green Bay comes to San Francisco for another um, another matchup of Green Bay and San Francisco in the playoffs. A long history of that over the last 20 years. Um, some of it has gone well. A bunch of it has not. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Brett Favre, Antonio Freeman passes in my in my nightmares <laughs> over the last 20 years. But Niners are favored by seven and a half here. I think some of that is driven by the fact that they played in Week 12 and it was kind of that stretch. The Niners had a bunch of really tough games. Yeah. And the Niners just absolutely blitzed them. It was 37 to eight and kind of looked every bit of 37 to eight. It was not a fluky like scoring on special teams, that kind of thing. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers had his, like, his second lowest YPA of his whole career. They just re- they averaged under three yards per play in that game. I mean, that's just a crazy stat for a team with, you know, some, you know, obviously not the firepower they used to have, but they still have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. Uh, Packers have the lowest implied total of the weekend at 18.75, um, you know, built off that game. Plus how good the Niners' defense and now healthy looked last week against Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota had seven first downs, 147 total yards. The Niners had six sacks. I mean, seven first downs in a game to a team that has a lot of playmakers like the Vikings. Uh, it was a pretty dominant effort last week. Yeah, I was just going through, like, not that you have to have a Packer on the list, but I just couldn't find myself, like, looking at any of their skill players and being like, yeah, that's that's what I want. Um Part of yeah, that I mean, is that I just don't love playing guys against San Francisco, but it just seems like at every level you have somebody else that you can play, and I just feel like the other guy is better. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams is just a target, just monster right now. He had a huge week last week, but it's hard to – if, you, if you're going to play one receiver in that range, it's hard to like go from him over Tyreek Hill, and you're like just based on how the, you think the games are going to go. I assume that uh, the Packers will move Adams around and not lining up in Richard Sherman at all. Uh, yeah. Minnesota did that early with Stephon Diggs, and it worked really well last week, and they kind of went away from it. I don't know really why they did, but um, Akella Witherspoon got benched. They brought Emmanuel Mosley in. He was a little bit better, um, but I still think they should have gone towards Diggs, and I don't, I don't think Rodgers will go away from Adams no matter what. So I still think he'll be a target monster, but I just I prefer Tyree Kill this week. Yeah, I just don't see the reason to spend 7900 on DraftKings on Adams when um... – I think there's quarterback we're paying up for. There are other running backs I'd, I'd rather uh, use the money for. Tight ends, like it just, I don't know, it just seems like a, why am I taking the number one wide out on the team with the lowest implied total? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is probably you just think he's going to get a ton of passes if they're trying to catch up, but uh, I'm, uh, I am I just have, I have other preferences in the range and at the price also. Yeah, for sure. So running backs, uh, we talked about Henry a little bit. Uh, we talked about how massive he's been in the last three games. Uh, he was huge against Kansas City last time they played in Week 10. He was 23 carries for 180 yards and two touchdowns. I think Chris Jones' availability for the for the Kansas City defensive line is really big. He's a big run stopper and really important. That defense he did not play last week. Um, questionable right now. Uh, I would imagine he's leaning towards playing, but uh, you know they, they actually worked him out pregame, and it was kind of a surprise he didn't play with that, with that injury. Uh, Kansas City defense has been pretty good lately. No running back over 60 yards over the last five weeks uh they shut down carlos hyde nicely last week 13 carries for 44 yards shut down carlos hyde (laughs) hey carlos hyde been good i uh you know i don't think he's good but uh, he had been pretty decent lately but uh yeah shutting him down is not impressive i agree Uh, i think the biggest thing with henry comes down to how you think this game goes i think you need to handicap how you think the game goes before you decide where to play him. If you think Tennessee stays in it, you think Tennessee has a lead, I think he's pretty much a must-play with the volume. But with the way I think the game goes, I think Kansas City gets out early. I think they ride that momentum from last week. Uh, I am not playing him at the price. 8700 on DraftKings, 9800 on FanDuel. If you don't play Henry, are you playing anybody from Tennessee? Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think they have a. I think they have underpriced uh, wide receiver that's been uh, hidden the last two weeks in tough matchups and then not throwing the ball at all. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. 
Uh, we'll get we'll get to wide receivers, but other running backs. Um, you know, if you don't play Henry and you think the game goes like I do, I think Damian Williams um, pretty much lines up as as a must play at seven thousand on DraftKings, and he's the only guy right now. I mean, everybody's talking about Lashawn yeah. McCoy. Uh, Lashawn McCoy had one snap last week. Yep. One. Darwin Thompson had one snap. Uh, they had 64 snaps on offense. Damian Williams had 62 of those. When he's healthy, he is 100% the guy. Andy Reid likes to have a guy. Um, it's clearly the, the Tim right now. Uh, he, uh, he had uh, six targets last week, had three touchdowns. Didn't really do a lot on the ground. I think he was 12 for 47. Uh, but six targets and enough volume in this offense. Uh, he's, he's involved in both the passing game and run game. The nice thing with Williams is he's really not game script dependent. If they get behind, they're going to pass it to him. If they get ahead, they're going to hand it to him. Uh, that's the kind of guy you want uh, in, in a game like this. With only with only four teams on the slate, you give me someone who's not game script dependent, who's really talented on a good offense, it's hard to get away from Damian Williams from me this week. Yeah, I totally agree. You could kind of blame the low number of carries on the fact that they were down 24 nothing, but then yeah. like they were also up the entire second half. So like I don't know how, the, how far that goes out, but... I mean, 13 targets in the last two games, but only six catches. Like, he only had two catches last week, um, and one happened to go for a touchdown. It was a really nice touchdown. It was. But, um, but yeah, he seems like an easy play. Um, just simply is like the running back on the biggest favorite on the entire slate. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card, get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cashback, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Yeah, so in the other game, uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Aaron Jones and then the, the San Francisco running back situation, got, which got quite muddy last week. I mean, he Mostert had the, had the calf soreness and a little bit of cramping. Tevin Coleman took over and kind of out of nowhere, no ownership really. Uh, had a huge game, his best game since that, this, uh, since that Panthers game. He had three touchdowns. Uh, how are you attacking uh, the, the NFC game from the running back position? Um, as somebody who had Mostert last week, watching Coleman do what he did was just like so infuriating. Um, especially like he was that a career high in carries or just a season high? It was a career high in carries. That's what I thought. Right. So yeah. <laughs> it's uh, crazy. Um, that obviously has like greatly elevated his price this week. Um, but I kind of like, if I don't want to play Jones and I don't want to buy into the San Francisco backfield with one of them, I'm playing Damian Williams and then I have to play somebody else. You are forced to play someone else, yes. So I think that's why, like, Derrick Henry is going to be, like, I don't want to call him, like, overly popular, but, like, filling running back spots this week is not easy. I'm uh, I'm going back to Mostert, 4,300. Wow. He is priced way down. I mean, he was still good last week. He was 12 carries of 58 yards. I mean, that's, what, uh, five, five yards a pop. Uh, he's a full practice, a uh, full go on Wednesday. I just think he's so much more explosive. I think they're going to need him this week. I think that last week, if they'd have been a closer game, they would have brought him back for a little more in the second half. I just think the way they were ahead, 
Coleman looked really good. He, he, Minnesota was a, a team that doesn't really stop the the, the uh, zone read very well. They were like last in the NFL uh, stopping the run with uh, when teams line up with two tight ends. We talked about it last week when we were talking about Mostert. But I think Coleman just kind of worked well there. Shanahan obviously likes him. But I think in a closer game, I think this will be a closer game than last week, I still think Mostert's the most explosive guy. And I just think at 4300 on draft, I think the price is way too low. I think that he's going to earn that pretty easily. If they were both 4300 do you still play him? I do, but it'd be a really tough call, and I could I could see the argument both ways. But with a fourteen hundred dollar difference on DraftKings, seven hundred dollars on FanDuel, I'm going to go with the cheaper guy. I'm going to use the money elsewhere because I think I have them pretty even this week. Uh, probably a lean to Mostert. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely a lean to Mostert. Um, but with the price difference, it's an easy it's an easy play for me. Right. So, what do you think the most popular running back combination is then? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's uh, the most co- popular combination will probably be Williams Aaron Jones. Hmm. But uh, you know, I, I'm all I in on people think, playing Aaron Jones. But I, I think that Henry Williams is just really tough at uh, at the price. Although you can go receivers are priced way down this week. There's I, I think it's a pretty soft pricing week. But you just can't if you're okay not playing Adams or Hill. Um, you can go uh, you can go Henry and uh, and Williams if you want to. Yeah. Do you know why the uh, wide receiver pricing is so low this week? Because they're because. all they're all horrible. Because <laughs> Tennessee and the 49ers passed the ball like 12 times last right. week. Right. And the yeah. Packers have one guy. Yeah. And he's the most expensive one. Um, and Kansas City has one guy and another, a bunch of guys who could do stuff. Like, yeah. Um, it's awful. Like, I think the the uh, Williams Jones combinations probably play Mahomes too, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, I was like, trying to. I was trying to think if you play Mahomes, what the most popular one would be, and I think most a lot of people play Mahomes. Right. Uh, I think I think Williams Jones probably if you could, I don't know how you how you how you lay that out is the most popular twosome, but I I would guess that's the most popular uh, backfield. Okay. Hmm. It saves you some money off Henry and it's two guys who are you know who are really good and Jones had what has twenty one touchdowns this year. Um, are you a full no go on Aaron Jones against this Niners D? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, has, he was 21 for 62 last week, but he did have the two touchdowns. He didn't really run effectively, but he had the ball in the red zone. I mean, the, the key for Jones is he's, he will get the ball near the goal line, and he's uh, he's clearly the guy. He had uh, like 22 touches, and Jamal Williams had four, so that doesn't worry him at all. But, I mean, the Niners just destroyed Dalvin Cook last week. He had 26 total yards on 15 touches. The impressive thing was that, you know, you think for how much they were rushing the quarterback, they would have been beat on some screen passes. They killed the pack. They killed the Vikings every time they tried to run a screen. Quan Alexander, uh, Fred Warner were all over every screenplay, so they, they shut that down pretty well too. Yeah, yeah. There was I had no interest in playing him last week, and thankfully that I survived that one. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm probably a Damian Williams, Raheem Mostert, and paying up elsewhere yeah. guy this week. I think. I think that's reasonable. Playing three is like really tough. Yeah, I don't. It's a, one of those weeks where I don't even know that. I think I'd rather just play a cheaper wide receiver and pay up, uh, pay up a tight end and quarterback, and uh, hope you hit on the right Niners receiver or the right uh, the right cheap guy in in Kansas City. Yeah, I wonder if it's worth. I'm going to try this now. A Williams Henry Jones lineup. Like, who's dumb enough to play that? <laughs> that's uh, that's a lot of cap. I mean, I guess you've got to go. Uh, you got to go probably uh, Garoppolo or Tannehill to do it. Yeah, and three really cheap wideouts. Yeah, you go Garoppolo and Tannehill, and you go like A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Sammy Watkins. You could definitely get it done. I don't know if you can go that low. No? I mean that high, excuse me. Oh, yeah. That, then you, you probably got to go Johnny Smith or Jimmy Graham also. There you go, yep. yep. And probably the Packers defense. It probably gets it in. I just I don't love what you get the rest of the way. Exactly, yeah. The upside is, seems so limited. Yeah. 
Uh, so let's jump into the passing games uh, real quick in these two games. But first, a note uh, from DraftKings. Get a free six-month subscription to RotoWire free via DraftKings. Follow these three easy steps to receive your free subscription subscription today. I can talk. Go to DraftKings.com slash RotoWire-2019 and create a new DraftKings account. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Get a six-month RotoWire membership free. That's a $60 value. You'll also receive a free $3 ticket for a one-day fantasy sports contest deposited into your account, which expires after one year. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Only new DraftKings users are eligible. See DraftKings.com slash RotoWire-2019 for all details. So we talked about quarterback a little bit as we were kind of building some lineups there. Uh, Mahomes is easily the most expensive. He's 7700 on DraftKings. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is second all the way down to 6100 So, I mean, I think that you got to figure out your lineup. Uh, if you're going to pay up at, up a quarterback with Mahomes – or down with the other three guys. They're all kind of in the same range. Uh, you know, Rodgers, Garoppolo's 900, but I'm definitely, he's, he's closer to, those two are closer than Rodgers to Mahomes. Um, are you full go on Mahomes this week? I mean, he's obviously the obviously the most uh, the, the most explosive of the four quarterbacks. I mean, if you're not going to play Derrick Henry, you're doing it to, to get to Mahomes. Absolutely. Like, so there's that. I, I think there'll probably be people who try to play both of those guys too, but um, I was actually wondering who you thought was the second most like I think Mahomes is going to be the most owned quarterback. Second most owned or second one I like the second most? Uh, second most owned. I think Rodgers will be the second most owned. Over Tannehill? I do. Oh, okay. I, I prefer Tannehill, though. People are nuts, yeah. I think <laughs> Tannehill is so much, like, makes so much more sense than Rodgers and Garoppolo. Uh, I do, too. Tannehill's like easily my second favorite. I think that the way that I think the game script goes, I just think they're going to have to throw the ball the whole second half. And I mean, he's been good when they've had to throw it. So I, I think that they can score. I think that the Kansas City Demons, like you said, been better, but not something that I'm, you know, fully uh, avoiding or scared of. I just, uh, I don't want to go against the Niners, uh, Niners defense right now. I think when they're healthy, they are the best defense in football. Um, you know, uh, I think this game's going to be close just because I think both defenses will play pretty well. Um, but I just don't think I want to go with Rodgers. Uh, you know, based on how he looked last time against Niners, he's awesome. He had some unbelievable plays against Seattle, but they're just not built like an offense right now that, uh, that really is explosive that way. Yeah, I have no interest. None. Tannehill's interesting, though. I mean, he's always been 100 yards. Both playoff games mentioned that earlier. But, I mean, I just think this has to be a different game script. If they get ahead again, you know, I'll just I'll just take the loss on that one. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to have to score to stay in this game. And I think they're going to have to score from behind. Uh, Casey allowed uh, 388 yards to Deshaun Watson last week. But that was on 52 passes. So a lot of passes. It wasn't super efficient. But I uh, did get his. Uh, that was the first quarterback over 300 yards on Kansas City since week 11. But I just think the way this game goes, if I have to play down here, I think I'm going Tannehill 5,500 on DraftKings. Yeah, the only weird thing about paying down for Tannehill is that are you doing it to get Henry? And why are you playing both of those guys? Uh, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it to get Adams and Hill. Ah, okay. Okay. That makes and, sense. And, and Kelsey probably. Right, right, right. If I'm doing, I think I don't, I, I'm not playing Henry with him because I just don't. I think that's a, a bit too much, and hoping that Tennessee really scores a ton of points. Right. I'm I'm doing it to pay up, play up everywhere else. Okay. And yeah. Jimmy G, lowest owned, huh? Uh, I think so. I think just based on the fact that they threw 19 passes last week. But the thing with Garoppolo is, you know, if they get in any kind of uh, situation where Green Bay scores scores some, he, he's fine doing that. I mean, he bounces back really well. Like all his big games have been after bad games. He's got good weapons. Uh, Green Bay's defense is just good. They rush the passer well. I just don't think this is going to be like the explosive game. I just think the AFC game has more uh, has more appeal to me for for both quarterbacks. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So wide receiver wise, we have uh, we have Adams and Tyreek Hill who are like clearly the the two best, and it's it's not even really that close. Adams is seventy nine hundred on DraftKings. Hill is seventy two hundred. Adams was huge last week, eight for a buck sixty and two touchdowns on eleven targets against Seattle. His targets the last four weeks are pretty insane: 13, 16, 13, 11. I got to think they game plan to get him against uh, Emmanuel Mosley and Kwan Williams. Like Keller Witherspoon is in there. Hopefully not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll, they'll avoid it. I assume that they'll throw uh, Geronimo Allison and Alan Lazard at Richard Sherman and kind of just let that go. Uh, Adams was not good the first game, but nobody was good in, in Packers against his first game against the Niners. I think we can throw some of that out. I mean, obviously the, the Niners even still good, but that game got weird and got away from them. They got away from them pretty quick and just kind of they uh, they kind of packed it up pretty good. He was seven for forty three. Did have a touchdown on twelve targets in that game. wasn't explosive, but uh, was very much involved. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, the the difference of the two of them, they both have like pretty great upside, but um, target wise, like Adams is so much better than Hill, even. Yeah. Um, with the fact that Kansas City has the highest implied total, like I mean, Hill had four targets last yeah. week where they threw like the entire like last like middle two and a half quarters. Right to the score uh, six and a half fantasy points on DraftKings, which includes a lost fumble, which is kind of dumb. But like they scored fifty one points, like that's <laughs> terrible. Um, obviously, Kelsey had the outlier game, but uh, it just seems like he's the one that you want if you really want access to the the Chiefs passing game. Yeah, I do like Tyreek a lot this week. I just think this is a week where he gets loose. He was really good against Tennessee last week. Uh, or last time they played, 19 targets, 11 for 157. Marquise Brown was 7 for 126 last week against uh, Tennessee. Kind of a similar type guy, kind of a speed wide receiver. I just think that uh, with, with Kelsey three touchdowns, I think that I just lean towards it being, you know, maybe they go back to Tyreek this week. I just, I think the upside's huge with him. I think it's, I think it's a big game. I think he hits a big one at some point. He had a big uh, pass interference he drew last week that could have been a big play. Um, I like Tyreek more than Devontae this week, and uh, I'm probably playing one of them on every lineup, and I think it's going to be Tyreek on most. There you go. Okay. So what do we do with all these other guys? I've got like seven guys bolded here that are interesting, but you can find uh, you can find scars with all of them. Uh, start with the 49ers, guys. Uh, Debo Samuel's 5,500 on DraftKings. Emmanuel Sanders is 4,900. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is 4,200. Uh, they're all all very playable at the price. Uh, Debo has had six targets last week. Also had the rushing attempt that looked like it was going to be a big play. Garoppolo had a pretty good block on it, but then he fumbled and got called back. But played 56 snaps. Um, Tyler Lockett was really good last week against Green Bay, nine for 136 in a touchdown. Debo is averaging nearly six targets per game over the last four weeks, where Sanders is only averaging four targets a game since that big game he had against the Rams. Uh, what do you do with these uh, pass catchers? I mean, we only have two games. You have to play someone. Uh, where do you kind of go here? Um, I wasn't actually going to do this, but when I was when I put together a Henry lineup, I had all three. <laughs> I uh, like it. It was really just like price. I'm like, oh, San Francisco uh, wideout. Yeah, let me play that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have all three of them. Um, I think you hey, – I mean – They I score think, like 73 points. You're set. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the the issue we have is that any of them can do anything at any point. Like – um, it seems like Samuel ends up with more touches because they give him some rushing plays. Yep. Um, so that's why he's a little more expensive than Sanders. But um, I think it's one of those situations where, like, if you don't have the 600 to on DraftKings to get up to Samuel, like, I think Sanders is fine. Bourne seems like the real wild card to me. Like, is he reliable enough to actually play? It, it really depends on a game script. I think he'll need a good game script, but they use him in the red zone. He has five end zone targets this week, 10, which leads all the receivers. He had five targets last week. It's not like he had, you know, the, the one the one touchdown and then they never went back to him. He had five targets. He had more yeah. targets than Sanders did. Um, Sanders only had two. I, I still would go Sanders if I could find the money. But, yeah, I mean, in a two-game slate, I think that uh, Bourne at 4,200 is, is certainly uh, a consideration. Yeah. Okay. 
I think one of one of Debo or, or Manny really goes off this week, and I just it's I, I don't know if there's really a way to know which one it is or or, or a way to like break it down at all. I think it's just kind of how the game goes and who hits the big play. But I think they're going to have to hit a couple big plays. Green Bay is going to score a little bit more than Minnesota did. Um, I kind of like both guys, but you know I don't think both can go off the way this game goes. But um, I'd probably lean towards Debo a little bit based on kind of what you said with the rushing stuff, kind of getting a little more involved there. But uh, Manuel Sanders is really good in a game like this where. Garoppolo may need a, a you know kind of a security blanket uh, short guy with uh, with the Packers pass rush. I think that Sanders is very much in play too. Are we allowed to call it a Godwin Evans situation? <laughs> uh, I don't think we are because no. Jameis Jameis is long gone. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, not quite as good as those two guys, but I think it's similar in the fact that you're probably not going to get both of them going off at once. Right, right. I love AJ Brown this week. That sounded like you did. Fifty two hundred on DraftKings. He is way priced down for where he has been. Super cheap. I mean, they had back-to-back weeks against really tough defenses. I mean, when he gets Baltimore, he went against Stephon Gilmore and the Patriots, and they just didn't throw the ball at all. They're, the Titans have one catch over 10 yards in the playoffs to a wide receiver, which is Jeez. an impossible stat, and that was the, the Khalif Raymond touchdown that opened up that game against Baltimore. Yeah. It was great, but you're like, oh, well, they're not going to throw the ball the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So That's um, another one. Who is this guy? Uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I better, I better Google his name real quick. Um Brown was only on one catch against Kansas City last time, but they hadn't really broken out by that point. I think they use him differently now. Uh, but the thing I look at, I mean, Kenny Stills, DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Fuller all had over 80 yards last week. Um, they had 287 receiving yards in that game. I just think that Tennessee gets down in this game. I think they're going to have to throw. I think A.J. Brown's explosive. going to make a couple plays. I just think he's underpriced on DraftKings based on the last two games. I think this game just is very, very different than those two. Yeah, I think he's underpriced. Like, it's as simple as that. And I, su- I mean, and super talented. I mean, this is yeah, oh yeah, a, sure. This is not a guy that we're like, oh, you know, it might work with a game script and stuff. Like, it's game script. I think it's gonna be good, but he's really, really good too. I just, I can't see them. I can't see them going down without uh, him hitting a couple, a couple nice plays, or at least trying to take some shots to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I and mean, again, ideally they're throwing, so that's it. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if I miss on game script on this one, I'm gonna get beat, and it's gonna be Derrick Henry, and right, it's not right. be Tyreek Hill and uh, and AJ Brown, but. Uh, I think that uh, I think I'm not. I think that Kansas City wins this game. I think they win it by double digits ish. But uh, if I miss on that, I'm gonna lose in a two game slate. You know, you can't miss on that. So you know, a lot of it's figuring out how you think the game goes. Right. I mean, it seems like Henry's got to be the most important player on the slate, right? For sure. Either way, if you play him or fade him, he's either got to be really big if you play him, and if you fade him, you got to hope he's he's not really big. Right. Right. Um, so on the Kansas City side here, we talked about AJ Brown in Tennessee. Um, they are tough to figure out. We've got McCall Hardman, we have Demarcus Robinson, they have we have Sammy Watkins. It was a pretty clear um, edge for Sammy Watkins last week in wide receiver snaps. He only had four less than Tyreek Hill. He had 56 snaps and he dropped all the way down to 37 for Robinson, only 11 for McCall Hardman. Uh, I tossed Hardman out completely just based on that. He's uh, you know a huge guy for them in the return the return game. He can always hit a big play, but at 11 snaps in a game where they were trailing, uh, you know, for a chunk of it, at least a, <laughs> at least a quick chunk of it, yeah. but throwing a lot, um, 11 snaps kind of makes me throw him out. Um, if I can afford it, I like Sammy Watkins at 4,600. Um, he had 76 yards last week, only two targets, but I think he's the best probably cheap piece of this uh, of this past game if you're trying to hit on something. But if you need some money, I mean, Demarcus Robinson played 37 snaps last week, and he's 3,300. I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hate that if you want to kind of pump that position right there. Yeah, I, I think he, I think that's the way you have to look at it, though. But he, he's a reasonable punt. Yeah, um, yeah, but you probably hope he catches a, you hope he catches four targets and catches a touchdown. That's kind of the upside. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I uh, Watkins, that his price range is just so, like, I find myself constantly in it. But then I'm like, why am I not just playing the 49ers guys? And he's Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's right. the most frustrating wide receiver of the last, like, eight years. 
That too. Um, in the Green Bay side, we talked about Adams. I mean, Alan Lazard is mildly interesting. He had 17 targets uh, the last two weeks before he last week, and then last week he left the game early with an ankle injury. Did come back to play a little bit in the second half, so that's a good sign. He's uh, He was uh, partially practicing yesterday. So it uh, looks like he's going to be a go. He only played 20 snaps last week. Uh, I just worry that he might see Richard Sherman a lot, and they may just kind of go the other side of the field, maybe kind of uh, you know keep Adams away from Sherman and let Lazard go against him. I just, uh, I don't know. It's tough if you want to save some money and you think Green Bay's behind and the, kind of this goes into a game script that way. I can see playing Lazard, but I, I prefer the Kansas City guys. I prefer Sanders. I probably prefer Bourne, just hoping for a touchdown. I just, uh, I liked Lazard a lot last week because I thought the game was going to be a little more back and forth than it is this week, but uh, I can't really get aboard this week. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is what we were talking about kind of at the beginning of, do you want to play the third wide out for, the t- for a home favorite, which would be Bourne? Or do you want to play, I mean, I guess... He's Lazard is technically the number two for Green Bay, but if he's banged up, then um, or would you rather play like Corey Davis or no, right? Hardman or Robin, you know, it's like the, these are you're probably playing at least one of these guys. Um, I, I like Watkins easily more than Lazard, yeah. so I just, I mean, and that's a $200 difference. I think it's gonna be hard for me to get Lazard when, when Watkins is right there, yeah. Not that I love Watkins. I just, you know, if you're going to give me the second wide receiver in that offense. In that offense, right. Versus the Packers offense against the Niners defense, I'm going to go with, the, I'm going to go with the, the Chiefs guy every time. Yeah, totally agree. Any other wide receivers that you have any interest in in at, in at all? I think we kind of hit every guy that's remotely playable. Um, You don't think it's a random Dante Pettis week? <laughs> I don't know. Is Dante Pettis Is he going to be active? Up? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I think that the offense took off once they uh, got him off the uh, off the field. Weird how that happens. It, it, uh, it is. Thank goodness we uh, we drafted Debo Samuel to make up for drafting Dante Pettis last year because that has not worked out. No. Well, draft, drafting is tough. It is very tough, and the Niners have missed on a lot of receivers, so it's been really fun to see Debo really uh, blossom this year. Uh, tight ends, uh, we got the the obvious two. We have Kelsey and Kittle, but big price difference this week. Uh, Kelsey is 7,100 on draftings after the big week. Kittle's 5,800 after the really quiet week where the Niners didn't pass the ball. Then Graham and Johnny Smith at 3,700 and 3,400. What are you doing at tight end, do you think? It just seems like you're losing way too much if you don't play Kelsey or Kittle. I, I don't think I'll have a lineup without one of them in it. Right, right. Yeah, it's just... Uh... And, the, and the, the money's there to get there. I don't think it's a week where you have to try and punt to one of those two guys, and those two guys are just not good anyway. So it's just I, I, I'm not going to do it. I mean, you can make the case that they're the best receivers for their teams, and they're priced. I mean, I guess Kittle would technically be the most expensive pass catcher on his team. But, like, Kelsey's cheaper than um, than Hill. and yep. I mean, barely. But um, and you could probably play Hill and Kelsey together. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Seems like yeah, for if, sure. It's late, yeah. If you're doing that, um, you know, you're like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna pay down uh, at tight end for uh, Jimmy Graham, or, God, Jimmy Graham, or Johnu Smith. Like, um, you're doing that so that you can play, I guess, Devonte Adams or Tyreek Hill, one of those guys. Um, or you're like Mahomes, Hill, Henry, or something like that. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, and are you gonna make that up? I think that's kind of the biggest questions like the the odds that a that a thirty four hundred dollar although we just talked about how horrible that those receivers are but like <laughs> um yeah would you rather take a shot on demarcus robinson and kittle or kelsey or or any of these garbage wideouts uh or take your chance on Johnu smith and then try you know hopefully get something out of aaron jones or uh or Devontae? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know my answer to that one. I mean, I know Johnny Smith toward, scored the touchdown last week. He's playing a lot. They haven't thrown the ball. I get that. But he had three targets the last three weeks. I mean, they're just not not really using him. I know they haven't passed the ball, so some of those numbers are skewed last couple weeks. I, the game script should be different. But uh, I'd play him over Graham, but I don't think I'm going to play either one of them. I don't know how anybody plays Jimmy Graham, like ever. Hasn't, hasn't topped uh, 50 yards since week 10. Hasn't scored since week 7. I'm surprised it's week 7. <laughs> he had 49 yards last week. Back-to-back weeks with 49, I see here. Yeah, yeah. He's hot. A, yeah, no doubt. Um, so between Kittle and Kelsey, is the money difference there enough? Uh, do you have a strong preference based on the price, or do you just think Kelsey, the, his role in the offense, I mean, 60 yards, 60 plus yards in nine of 10 weeks is pretty wild for a, for a tight end. 12 targets last week, three touchdowns. Uh, do you have a strong preference between the two? Is the price difference enough for you to lean Kittle? Uh, no. I actually, like, I don't know if I started my lineup with Kelsey, but he was certainly one of the first guys in. Um, I I don't think it's crazy to try to play both again, though. Uh, I don't either. Like you, you kind of price your likely price yourself out of the um the Tyreek Hill Devonte Adams group, but which of which they're the only two. But um, but I think you can play both. Yeah. And kill at fifty eight hundred. I think you might you could do something with that too. So I looked at Green Bay and and looked at their tight end history against uh for their defense and the 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 good tight ends they played uh, i'll just give you a list here greg olson eight for 98 hunter henry seven for 84 travis kelsey four for 63 and a touchdown darren waller seven 126 and two touchdowns zach Ertz seven for 65 george kittle six for 129 and a touchdown yeah it's a pretty pretty good history of any time they played a good tight end uh the tight end has been really good against them yeah that is that is good Kind of opposite from Minnesota last week, right. that like one touchdown to tight ends all year, and uh, it, I don't, I wouldn't say shut Kittle down because the Niners defense or Niners offense kind of shut itself down in the second half. But um, uh, I like this matchup a lot. I think that they're going to have to do a little bit more. I think Green Bay is going to be uh, more productive than Minnesota was last week at fifty eight hundred on DraftKings. I mean, I love Kittle more than uh, certainly more than any of the receivers in that uh, in that five thousand range. Yeah, that's the way I was looking at it. I mean, obviously you have uh, Debo kind of similarly priced, but. Um, I mean, I go Kittle over Debo every right. day head to head. Exactly, exactly. Um, so lastly, uh, before we uh, get done with this quick little slate here, we got defenses. Uh, I think that uh, I'm going to let you go first. Do you have a preference on a defense this week? San Francisco 49ers, of course, man. I'm waiting all season for this. 2,900 on DraftKings, six sacks last week, two turnovers against the Vikings. Really a possibly good game script with seven-and-a-half point favorite. I think they're my favorite, too. I think I, I like them and Kansas City. Kansas City had five sacks last week. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, Baltimore Divas did nothing against Tennessee, but that was a lot of game script uh, based. I think the way that this one goes, Kansas City gets ahead. I think they sacked Ryan Tannehill a bunch of times. I could see playing either one. Any interest in Green Bay if you want to go super cheap with a thought that maybe Garoppolo throws his patented, uh, you know, one or two really bad balls during the game. That's funny. I was going to ask you if you're more willing to play pa- the Packers or Titans if you needed it. But uh, it seems Packers, like Packers for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's how I felt. Um, I mean, they, and the Smith brothers, I know they're not brothers. Uh, they run rush the quarterback really well. Uh, and someone would have said they're not brothers if I yeah. hadn't said that. Um, they had five sacks against Russell Wilson last week, which uh, you know is a pretty good stat. And I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but he has that one or two times in a game where he throws and doesn't see a linebacker. And he had it last week. And Eric uh, Kendricks had the pick. Um, it's a it's turned into a pick six a couple times this year. So uh, I think if you're gonna play a cheap defense, I think it has to be Green Bay. Yeah, I agree. But like at five hundred dollars difference between the Packers and the Forty ers like. I just, I don't know. I didn't have a situation where I was like, oh, I don't have the 500. Yeah, I, I agree. I think San Francisco's priced down enough that if I'm going to take two of them, I'm going to take the home favorite and, and not even think about it. Right, right. Anything else uh, you want to want to say here? Are you? Uh, do you think both favorites win? I do. 
which I would think, make like a really, really fun Super Bowl. It'd be a great Super Bowl. I mean, for the for the teams that got knocked out, I think there was some concern that you know maybe the Super Bowl isn't set up for a great matchup. If we get San Francisco Kansas City, I think that's like a, just a dream match. We got you got like the, the superstar, huge offense against the the best defense in football, and uh, there's a, just a lot of fun matchups and narratives that come from both of those if they do play each other. For sure, for sure. I mean, we, we can agree that nobody wants to see Packers Titans, uh, other than Packers, people in Wisconsin. I, and, and I know Kansas. the I know the NFL front offices definitely definitely not want that. Oh either. god. Yeah, for I sure. think Pack- Packers Chiefs would be really good. I think people would love that. I mean, you get Mahomes and Rodgers and a replay of Super Bowl one and all that. So I think that would be a pretty good, uh, a pretty good and fun matchup for the NFL. But uh, yeah, the Titans, uh, it's, it's hard to get too fired up about either the Titans matchups unless they come out and win. If, if they win three road games like that, uh, that'd be uh, that'd be a hell of a run to, 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 to finish the season. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we greatly appreciate you guys listening all year. We will be back one more time. We'll do a podcast for the Super Bowl. Andrew and I have talked. We're also we're going to do a DFS showdown uh, chat by that. We're also going to do some Super Bowl props, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, and the Super Bowl props are one of the most fun things I do all year, so I really love breaking those down. So we're going to talk a bunch of those. We're also going to talk, uh, obviously, the DFS uh, showdown slate for the Super Bowl. We'll look forward to that. We'll be back at you in two weeks. Take care and go Niners. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.